0: Following program is paid programming. The fees expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. La, 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 la. Today.
1: Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. I am Joe, and I'm your host every Tuesday evening, right here on WNRI 99.9 FM 1380 on the AM dial, and of course, you can hear us around the world at WNRI. com. All right, if you are, haven't tuned in before. I'm Joe. I work at uh, REMAX Preferred, and I'm licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, working with buyers and sellers of residential and commercial property. Um, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to our sponsors. Of course, we have Anthony Betancourt and Beacon Title and Escrow. They are the go-to closing attorneys for Joe Luca Real Estate, and uh, all of our business goes through them. John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, 401-321-4401. If you are in a situation, uh, you want to buy a home, you want to refinance, get any type of uh, money from your home or to buy a home, give John a call, 401-321-4401, because his team also um, works with reverse mortgages. And uh, they have a lot of options available there. So if you are thinking about that, give them a call. Or if you have questions, you could even give me a call. I'll tell you um, everything I've learned about reverse mortgages that uh, Fairway Mortgage has. It's really a fantastic product for many situations. And then we also have GMET's Moving and Storage. They are the number one mover and storage company in southern New England. 401 3836 399. All of my clients receive the information about GMETS because they do such a good time, good job taking care of my clients. There are never any problems. They uh, are professional and do a great job. Uh, taking moving their belongings as moving your belongings as if they were their own belongings. They are professional. All of their employees are employees. They're not temporary individuals who are just hired to work on the job. They own their own trucks. So give them a call. That's GMets moving and storage. And of course, Vern Rainville, public insurance adjuster. <clears throat> you know, Vern does a great job. Um, again, we refer our clients, even people who are not Clients of mine. I refer them to Vern. I've given colleagues of mine his information. 484 300 8495 is his number. And they've referred Vern to their clients. Okay. Uh, He's right here in Northern Rhode Island and um, he's been in the business a long time. He was a contractor. So he knows how to represent you, the property owner, not the insurance company, because that's the difference. A public insurance adjuster represents the public, the, pop, the property owner. That's Vern Rainville, public adjuster, 484 <clears> 300 <throat> Excuse me, no one, none of my clients that I've referred to him have regretted it. In fact, uh, some of them have actually utilized his services multiple times because one thing happens and then you get water that leaks in or something breaks or collapses. you know, he knows how to um, help you Utilize the insurance that you pay for every month when you pay for your property insurance. That's Vern Rainville, 484-300-8495. Excuse me. So, you know, the real estate market, the economy have all been um, kind of going through a tumultuous period the past few weeks. And that is really exacerbated by the fact that Negative news makes headlines, okay? Positive news doesn't always make headlines. And sometimes when they report a statistic that sounds negative, people think that there's a problem with the economy or the housing market, okay? And I'm going to read uh, a press release from the Rhode Island Association of Realtors that went out on October 14th. And it starts... The number of single family homes sold last month, that's September, in Rhode Island plummeted twenty point two percent from twelve months prior. According to a report released by the Rhode Island Association of Realtors and its subsidiary statewide multiple listing service, the median price of those sales rose eight point one percent to four hundred and sixteen thousand from three hundred and eighty-five in September of twenty twenty-one. So you read that first line. Single family homes sold, sales plummeted. Okay. So if you're a homeowner and you want to put your home on the market <clears throat> and you hear that sales plummet, or if you're a buyer and you hear that sales plummet, you may react, you may respond to that number very differently than if you waited and listened to the whole statistic, the whole release where it said, the price rose by 8.1%. So even though sales plummeted, if I owned my house now and I wanted to put it on the market, I'd be like, you know what? It's a good time to sell it because even if I just bought it last year, it's worth 8% more than what I paid for it a year ago. And when people buy, they leverage their home purchases with a small deposit. Even if you're putting 20% down, so in the example, if you uh you know in September of 21 you paid $385,000 for a home let's say you put uh 20% down that would be about $77,000 and the value went from 385 to 416 so that means on a $77,000 investment you received a $31,000 return if you were to sell your home now that's a really good number. That eight point one percent doesn't. It doesn't matter if sales plummeted twenty point two percent or forty point two percent. If I'm getting appreciation, accumulating equity in my home, that is good for me as a homeowner, and it's also good for buyers because, folks, you know, I've been in the I've been in the industry through a couple of business cycles, and. One of the things that, um, you know, I realized is that, you know, we have a business cycle and then we have the collective memory of consumers and even professionals in the business. And many times um, the memory is not as long as the business cycle. So one thing I do know is that even a short time ago at the beginning of COVID. All right. If you bought a house in the end of 2019, beginning of 2020 and you wanted to sell it now. You could probably make 40% on what you paid for it back then. And back then, I was having conversations. I have uh, customers on, in my database who didn't want to buy a house in 2018 or 2019 because they thought that the prices were too high. And they wanted to wait for them to come down. And I can remember with some of these clients looking at houses that were in the $200,000 price range in Cumberland. And, you know, some buyers didn't want to say, well, the market's going to come down. It's going to correct. Okay. Right now, if you could find a house, a decent house between 350 and 400 in Cumberland, you'd be be very lucky. Excuse me. Very lucky. Even in one socket, you know, houses, good houses in good shape. They've appreciated significantly. They've accumulated equity. So even though... Prices today are higher than they were two, three, four, five years ago. Those prices were higher than they were two, three, four, five years before that. Now, people say, well, in 2008, Joe, you know, we had the big crash. Well, yeah, we did have a big crash. And there are a number of contributing factors. You've heard me say this before, a number of contributing factors to that. Um, You know, one of which was the government, the federal government, stuck its nose into commerce And was telling banks how to lend money, to whom they should lend money. And essentially, they wanted banks to lend money to folks that had no job, no income, no credit, okay, Um, no assets. So if you went in and applied for a mortgage, you would get it. You didn't have to show that you had income, uh, so you didn't have to have a job. Um, You didn't have to have especially good credit because they had subprime mortgages. You know for low credit. Um, So you had no income, no job, no assets. You hadn't owned anything before. You're a first time home buyer. So these people were able to buy homes basically because they wanted to. They shouldn't have been buying a home because many times they didn't have adequate income or any income in some instances. That's one reason. Two, there was plenty of greed to go around between lenders, mortgage lenders appraisers, and yes, even realtors, who everybody was just trying to kind of shuck and jive uh, so that they could sell homes for more than they were worth. And many mistakes were made after the big crash. Corrections, adjustments were made by the government in the criteria and and the process for how they... Um, handled appraisals and getting approvals with credit review, etc. Went a little bit too much in the conservative side. Things have come back to, uh, over the past 10 years, have come back towards the middle somewhat. But we've corrected the problems that contributed to the big crash in 2008. Um, But I want to point out that even after that big crash... And that was very significant. We were still selling over 4 million homes a year in this country. So it's not like home sales stopped. People were still buying and selling homes. Okay, so... And, oh, by the way, interest rates were in the 7s. And maybe even the 8s in some instances. Okay, in the 80s you heard me say this uh, a couple of weeks ago <clears throat> interest rates were double digit 10 12 14 16 18% back then the fed the prime rate the fed funds rate you know they pushed it way up high people still bought homes people were still getting mortgages now the home the prices were low but even though the prices are high now Incomes are also much higher now. So what does that mean? That means that where we are now, the percentage of income used to pay a mortgage, even at these quote-unquote higher interest rates, is still a smaller percentage than it was back then. Okay? Now, when you go to... Um, apply for a mortgage, they look at something that's called the DTI, debt to income ratio. They also look at what's called the loan to value, LTV, loan to value ratio. The loan to value is the amount of the loan compared to the value of the home. Now, if you have a VA loan or a USDA loan, your loan to value is 100 because they will give you 100% of the purchase price to buy the home so you're buying a $400,000 home you get a $400,000 mortgage it's a great program now of course if you're getting a $400,000 mortgage you have to demonstrate that you have the income to pay it back I want to point out that these particular loans the VA loan and the USDA loan even though it's a no money down loan they have lower foreclosure rates than conventional loans so the amount of the down payment does not correlate with the likelihood that it's going to uh, it's going to be a foreclosure. The best way to determine if a property is going to be supported, i.e., continue to be payments continue to be made on the mortgage, is income. So if we have a situation in the economy where part and parcel huge numbers of people are losing their their job, that could be problematic for the housing market. However, homeowners today have more equity in their homes than at any point in history since we've started tracking home equity. So if someone were to lose their job and not be able to make their mortgage payments, they could quickly sell that home above market. Make money. Okay. Because again, even if they've only been living there two years, they have a lot of equity. So if they bought that house in 2020, and now they lose their job in 2022, they're probably sitting on 30 or 40% equity. So they could sell the house, pocket some money, and then rent a place that's less money. Or even... Well, if they don't have income, they can't buy another place. But um, they could certainly make arrangements to get housing with the profit from uh, the, you know their home sale. All right? So you know, there are many reasons why where we are today is very different than where we were 14, 14 years ago, 13, 14 years ago. All right. Um, the people who are qualifying for a mortgage today, when you call John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team up at 401-321-4401, they do a very thorough job of pre-approving you. And your the loan is virtually underwritten in the beginning of the process. That way there are there's less of a chance for a surprise at the end of the process. Alright. And as you've heard me say before, if you listen to this show, surprises when it comes to the buying and selling of real estate, surprises are are not typically good. When there's a surprise, it's usually something bad. Okay. Oh, it didn't appraise. Oh, something happened during the home inspection. Oh, there's an extra lien again on the title of the house. The seller's not going to make as much money. Oh, the buyer lost their job. They can't proceed. The buyer changed their mind. These are the things that, the, these types of surprises make it, you know, us, realtors are, are surprise averse. Let's put it that way. We are surprise averse. So anything that can be done to minimize the chance of a surprise, like doing a really good job up front when you meet with a prospective buyer, and this is why. What I, one of the reasons why I try to get all of my buyers to start talking with one of my mortgage lenders early on in the process. And even my current buyers, because rates have been bouncing around, I'll sometimes say, you know what, why don't you call John up, get a, an updated pre-approval letter. Because rates went up a half a percent since the last time we talked, and you may not be able to buy the same uh, – Priced house as before, and in fact, I have a client who went from buying a three hundred thousand dollar house to a two hundred eighty-five thousand to two seventy-five, and now we're looking at two sixty. Okay, now there are still properties out there; you can get a really nice condo in that price range. Okay, but these are the things that um, you know that that's part of the real estate business. And one of the things as a good realtor, you know, I strive to be an elite realtor, is I try to minimize the chances of surprises occurring during the transaction. So I educate my clients. That's that's actually how I started this show. The whole idea for this show was I wanted to educate the consumer in addition to educating my customers and soon-to-be clients. Because people are very unaware about what it takes to buy a home, what it takes to sell a home. All right, folks, if you're just tuning in, it's about 24 past the hour. You're listening to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on WNRI 99.9 FM, 1380 AM. If you'd like to give us a call, 401-769-0600 or 1-800-949-19674. Uh, You can give us a call there, 769 0600 or 1 800 949 9674, outside of Rhode Island. I'll answer any questions that you have. If you'd like to reach me after the show, 401 409 5030, uh, you can text that number too. That's 401 409 5030. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about some listings that I have coming up. Okay. Um, I have a beautiful property. In Grafton, Massachusetts, a little bit of a ways. Uh, it's about four thousand square feet, five beds, three and a half baths, um, two car, oversized two-car garage, over an acre of land, built-in in-ground pool, um, full basement. Uh, you know, it's a nice, nice, nice uh, suburban area. Woods are around the property. Beautiful property. It's priced at eight ninety-five, eight hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. And that will be going live this weekend. Okay. Um, We actually have pictures. uh, The photographer is going there on Friday. So we'll have the photographs up on Saturday. We have another condominium coming up right here in Lincoln, Rhode Island. Kind of the other side of the spectrum. It's $210,000. Two beds, one bath, 400 New River Road. And this property, as I said, is $210,000. That will be coming on the market this weekend. Uh, we have the photographer going there as well, and you'll see i I use a photographer, not a phone, for my pictures. You know I have uh, an awesome phone it's which has an unbelievable camera, one of the Apple iPhone thirteen or twelve whatever it is and it is a fantastic camera, however, yours truly is not a fantastic photographer so I don't, I can't manage lighting and angles and things like that, that my camera could probably do on my phone, but I don't know how to do that. And I don't have the software to basically process these photographs so they look the best online. (coughs) So, one of the things that you get when you work with Joe Luca Realtor is you list your home with me, you get a professional photographer taking pictures. You don't have a Mickey Mouse you know, unprofessional realtor taking pictures. And I say unprofessional realtor, unprofessional as in not a professional photographer. Okay. You know, it um, It makes a big difference because most folks, when they're looking at homes, they start their search on a mobile device, which may or may not be a phone or a tablet. And if you're looking at it on the phone, what is the picture? An inch, an inch and a half by an inch and a half? All right. So you don't have much to look at But what you see You want it to be clean, clear, and crisp And lighting Is very important for that So that's one of the reasons why Your humble host Joe Luca Realtor Uses photographers And I use full-time photographers I'm a full-time, full-service Realtor I use full-time photographers To take photographs Of my properties, my listings Because it makes a difference. You know, the old uh, saying by Michelangelo, uh, trifles, uh, perfection is no trifle, but no, trifles make perfection. So (laughs) I I butchered it. Uh, Perfection is no mere trifle, but trifles make perfection. All right. Trifles make perfection. Those little subtle things contribute to making something look stunning. And that's what I do because I, I add value as a realtor, as a full-time, full-service realtor, I add value to the transaction for my client, whether it's the seller or the buyer. If it's the seller, I want the property to look as impressive as possible. First impressions are the only impressions. So photography is where you have to put a lot of emphasis. You know, being that I work for REMAX, Okay, the number one real estate company in the world. No one sells real estate. Okay. Oh, I have a caller. All right, hold on one minute here. Let's see. Let's get this. Hello, caller. Thank you for calling. May I ask who I'm speaking with?
0: Is this Joe? This is Joe. What's up, everybody? It's Fred from Green Team.
1: Fred, what's going on, man? Thank uh, you. Bud, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. You know, folks, this is Fred Collin from the Green Team. They do an awesome job. He works mostly in the Massachusetts area. Fred, welcome to the show. What do you have to say, brother?
0: Thank you, Bud. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, thank you for accepting my call. Um, so I'm just listening to you um, talk, and you're making a very you're making some really good points about um, the recession and what it was like with the housing. Um, yeah. The housing market back in the '80s and the '90s. Yeah. And you know, I was listening to the news today, and um, you 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 kind of hit the, the nail right in the head. They were talking about that they see in um, by 2023 into 2024 a '90s like type recession. Mm-hmm. So not a um not an actual complete crash, more right. like a mild recession. Yep. Where as you were saying, like the interest rates would be higher, Mm -hmm. um, you know, less spending. Yeah. Now I have a question for you. Okay. And this is something that, um, a lot of people I'm very open about talking about these topics. Sure. So how do you, how do you feel about the, the new, um, loans that they're looking to put into, um, lower income areas where people don't need to, um, have the criteria to to, to I, I,
1: really think a that's, I think that's mortgage. yeah, are you referring to the program that Bank of America is doing um i yeah, I, ha- yeah I, I have a problem with those loans, I think that they are going to put homeowners you know new homeowners in difficult situations, and um you know i i I don't think that it's a good <laughs> idea, you know I don't think it's a good I idea I agree with you, you. Know, <laughs> I just, I think that you know there are other things that can be done. I mean, you know, we, we still have too many buyers. We have more buyers than sellers. So, you know, if we we don't need to get more people coming to the table to buy houses, we need to to encourage more people to sell houses. So, if we're bringing more buyers to the table, especially if they're buyers who aren't qualified under the traditional yeah. uh, lending guidelines, that's just going to Push prices even higher. It's basic supply and demand.
0: I looked at it as almost like another Countrywide.
1: Yeah, yeah, which right. <laughs> didn't, right. I, and ironically, you know, at, uh, Bank of America took over Countrywide, if my memory serves me. So yes, yeah, it did. Yeah,
0: you know, I I don't know. I I I look at everything that's going on. I look at the the economy. I look at the real estate market. Yep, and. Some of the moves that I see, and I'm not a realtor. You're the expert, mm-hmm. definitely not. But from an outsider looking in, yeah, it's um, it's really, uh, it's it's very scary and it's very rocky.
1: Well, you know, um, it, it is it it is tumultuous, you know. But the thing. I guess, you know, let's just talk inside baseball stuff. I think the Fed, from what I've read and my understanding, the Fed wants to get unemployment up. They want to get it up to like 6% because they figure that's the number it needs to be at to cool the economy off. So yeah, my point is even though – even if we get to that 6% for an unemployment rate, there are still so many more buyers than sellers. And we have such a – we're like five to six million homes short in this country for what we need to have on the market to just meet the current demand. And every year that goes by, we're not building enough new homes, so that number continues to increase. So there's going to be, we're gonna continue to have more buyers than sellers. So even if the unemployment rate does go up, and let's say that wipes out 25% of the buyers in the market, which is a huge number, we still have a, a huge, huge number of buyers out there. And again, you know, Rhode Island, um, we, we still don't have 1,500 single-family homes in MLS for the whole state. We still haven't hit 250 multifamily homes for the whole state. That includes two-family homes, three, four, five-family homes. I mean, excuse me, it's just we don't have many multifamily homes. And I see the value, the upside potential for multifamilies to be greater than that for Single families, because single families, it's eventually going to top out based on, your know, supply and demand and what comparable yep. sales are. Um, and incomes can't keep pace with the increasing value, so no one will be able to afford a mortgage if the price kept going up really uh, significantly every year. But on multifamilies, the rents are continuing to go up. And if you're looking at a three family house, the median rent in this country is two thousand dollars a month for a two bedroom house. So let's say let's dial that back a little bit because let's say you know we're in a not the hot shot area. So maybe it's only seventeen yep. or eighteen hundred bucks a month. <coughs> Excuse me, if it's seventeen hundred bucks a month, that's over four thousand dollars a month in rental income on a three unit property. If your taxes are $1,000 a month, that means you still have $3,000 a month to pay your mortgage and your insurance. And $1,000 a month in, is a huge number for taxes, a monthly number. Um, usually it's in the you dollars know, six, seven, dollars $800 range. Um, so we, there's a lot now. of room for the prices to go up because it, the, the houses can cover the debt service for a higher mortgage payment.
0: Now, in some ways, Rhode Island will pretty much with the, with the population that they have or mm-hmm. an extremely large population not enough inventory that's going to somewhat definitely create a, a home crisis I would think of some 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 avenue
1: well you know? I mean we, we do have Rhode Island, as does again most of the country, most of the country yeah. has um, you know an af- affordable air quotes, affordable housing um, crisis for for like work class you know worker. Housing, people not that are collecting, you know, social security and welfare and stuff like that. These are people that are working that have full time regular jobs and they're not making enough money to get a nice apartment or get a house because we are not allowing. Though it, You know, there are some communities, Rhode Island has, it's the smallest state and we have some of the largest minimum lot sizes in the whole country. When you have two-acre minimum lot sizes in some communities, all right, what, we shouldn't do that. in In more urban, more densely packed areas, like urban areas, if it's like Woonsocket, Pawtucket, Central Falls, Providence, yep. uh, you know, West Warwick, what they should do is they should allow when you get these dilapidated houses, that should be knocked down, raise the house, let them go up four stories, and maybe make the apartments a little bit long, smaller. So now a landlord can get more revenue per lot so they can charge yeah. less rent
0: you know that's a nice idea now um all right so for me i bought my first house yep you know so my very first mortgage rate for me was 5.75 We're yeah back, um now obviously i'm in a time i got lucky i'm in the threes i'm sitting there Comfortably, and I hear people now are getting approved for like the seven. Yeah, yep. Do you do you, do you believe um, the worst I've ever seen it was like five point seven five. That's for you know my era. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we'll probably be at like ten percent at some point, or do you think we'll probably just hit like around seven or eight and then come back?
1: Well, you know, again, I always say if I had a crystal ball, I wouldn't be selling real estate. However. It wouldn't. Yep. I I heard there's this guy I listened to on uh, Maria Bartiromo in the morning, Kenny Polcari, and I follow him on Twitter, and he thinks rates are going to hit 10 percent mortgage rates. Um, I don't know, but I mean, I do know. I my first mortgage rate was 9.95, and that was like I was like, wow, this is awesome because everybody else had 10 or 11 percent mortgages. Um yep. You know, so rates have gone higher, and like I said earlier in the show, I mean, in the early '80s, it was like 18 percent for prime rate. I remember when I was a little kid, and my father was—we were in the piano business. And he used to have sell pianos. And I'd be like, I'd, as an adult now, I look back and I'm like, how could you sell a piano to someone? And they had to finance it at like 20, 22 percent. But you, you know, you do what you do. You just people you convince people to get a piano. Um, now, now,
0: now, Joe yep you know me i I'm, I'm very like transparent when I talk yeah you know and I, and I and I'm very descriptive so yeah you being a Rhode Islander yep okay and me working both states I definitely look at Massachusetts and Rhode Island as two very different states um, mm-hmm. economy wise just the way they are
1: oh yeah I mean Rhode Island is um, so a blue collar state with pockets of white collar. Massachusetts is a white collar state with pockets of blue collar. And the income, 100%. you know, shows, shows that. I mean, the educational level is higher in Massachusetts. Yeah, they're two different areas. Correct.
0: But, have, but now with everything that's going on, have you seen Rhode Island's economy start to um, come up? Like minimum wage, has it risen? Has, you know, um, as, as the economy grows, as the real estate market grows, yep. are, you, are you seeing the state move up as well? Like, do you, do you
1: know what I mean? Do you? Um, I, I don't uh, see like oh demographically, like I don't see, you know, like the educational level going up. I don't see us starting to earn more money. So we're getting closer to Massachusetts rates, things like that. You know, no, I don't see that. I do. You know, it, the, the facts remain that it does cost less to live in Rhode Island. So we're still seeing folks come down here from Boston, move here from New York City and buying homes so because they can live okay. here.
0: So it's a big okay. So we're on the big um, relocation stage.
1: Yeah, we're getting a lot of folks relocating. You know, um, even you know, with students, their families are like the parents are buying a house. We've had some instances where, you know, wealthy families they'll buy a home for like their kids, and they can have roommates in the home, and then they'll buy another house so that they can stay there when they visit their kid. <clears throat> so awesome. that that you know well, that's how inexpensive Rhode Island is for these folks because it's like oh yeah sure. You know, four or five hundred thousand bucks. You know, for these hundreds of millionaire people, that's not a big, cool. you know, big number. Yeah,
0: it's they're they're able to you know get get a big bang for their buck.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly.
0: But which is good. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for taking my call.
1: No, my pleasure. Uh, but why, wait, while you're on the line, just do a quick you know quick shout out commercial for yourself and your company, so everybody, you know, listening. Uh, this is you know. Okay. If I've known Fred for a while, and this is what he does, tell, tell everyone.
0: I appreciate that, Joe. Um, yes, I, I own Green Team Drunk Removal. Uh, we're based out of Massachusetts, but we do service Rhode Island as well. Um, we recycle, reuse, and donate up to 80% of what we haul. And um, we, we work with tons of charities uh, and help uh, families are able to, like, furnish their new apartments with um, the stuff that we find and uh, help people get on their feet. Great. if you ever need any Junker Mobile, give
1: us a call, 508-361-0519. Awesome. Fred, thank you very much for calling in. Thank you, Joe. You have a great night. You too. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. Thank you very much to my buddy Fred Cullen from Green Team for calling in to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on WNRI 99.9 FM. 1380 on the AM dial or on WNRI.com want to do another quick shout-out to our sponsors and thank them very much for sponsoring the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. Of course, Anthony Betancourt and Rich Nicholson at Beacon Title and Escrow. Go-to closing and title company for Joe Luca Realtor and all of our clients. John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team, 401-321-4401. Whether you're looking for a USDA loan, a VA loan, conventional loan, FHA loan, Freddie Mac loan, reverse mortgage, they can connect you. They can hook you up. 401 321 4401. And then, of course, we have George Metz, G Metz Moving and Storage. Uh, you know, go to movers. They are the best movers in southern New England and they um take care of your belongings as if they were their own. 401 383 6399. That's G Metz. Moving and storage. And of course, we have Vern Rainville. You know, Vern Rainville is a public insurance adjuster. What that means is he works for you, the homeowner, not the insurance company. 484 300 8495 is his number. Please give him a call if you think you have a claim on your homeowner's insurance policy. Vern Rainville, public insurance adjuster. 484-300-8495. Give him a call. He's right here in northern Rhode Island. He'll hook you up. Okay. So my buddy Fred just called. Fred's a Massachusetts guy. And so this seems like a good time to talk about some of the statistics in the Massachusetts market. Okay. The housing and sales statistics. Um, if you have a question, don't forget you can give us a call. 401-769-0600 or one 800 Nine four nine nine six seventy four all right, so I printed these out based on counties because there are bazillion towns in the state of Massachusetts, and it would get a little cumbersome, so for Worcester county, okay, um, in September, there were six hundred and fifty nine pending sales compared to six hundred and ninety six last September, seven hundred and three closed single family sales compared to eight hundred. Last September. So you could say that sales dropped by almost 100 homes. Okay. So it's like uh, that's over 10%. But the median sales price went from 400 to 424,000. Okay. That's in the month of September. Compare that number to in Rhode Island, 416,000. So homes are a little bit more expensive. Um, the inventory for homes for sale in September of this year was 879 homes for the whole Worcester County area. There were only 879 single-family homes for sale, and last September there were 1,294, which is a decline of 32 percent. Okay, imagine going to the market and 30 everything you wanted to buy. There was 32 percent less of it in the supermarket. Okay, That's what people looking for homes in uh, Worcester County. That's what they're encountering. OK? Now Norfolk County, let's look at Norfolk County. So Norfolk County, they, uh, the, the median sales price is higher. Last year it was 650. This year it's 660,000. So it went up. 1.5 percent. Uh, we have closed sales went from 548, dropped down to 474, so it dropped 13.5 percent inventory of homes for sale in Norfolk County, Mass. For all of Norfolk County, there were 879. Now, only 655 homes for sale. That's a drop of 25.5%. So these are significant drops in homes for sale. So guess what? When there are fewer homes for sale, you know what you have? You're going to have fewer home sales because there are fewer homes to buy. So... The fact that we have these declining numbers, you know, the number of home sales has been declining every month for over a year, except for one month. Um, It was over a year. Uh, The last county I want to take a look at is Bristol County. So Bristol County, uh, let's see, in September we had uh, 365 closed sales last year, 488. So that was a drop of 25.2 percent, so that's double what they had in Worcester County, and a little more than, a little less than double in uh, Norfolk County. All right, the median sales price went from 434 to 460, so that increased 5.9 percent. Inventories of homes for sale went from 716 in September of 21 to 556 this year in September of this year. So that's a decline of 20.3%. So, folks, we're looking at three counties in Massachusetts, not far from us, okay, in this general area. And we're seeing a trend, okay? So we have homes for sale, the inventory of homes for sale dropped, let's see, 20 point, uh, 223 and then. <coughs> 25.5% and 32.1%. Those are big drops in inventory. Okay, closed sales dropped 25.2, 13.5, and 12.1. Again, double digit declines in the number of closed sales. Pending sales, those were single-digit declines. So five and five point six in Bristol County, a decline of seven point four in Norfolk County and a decline of 5.3 in Worcester County okay now again just jumping back to Rhode Island sales for the whole state now our state obviously is very small but so the whole state sales plummeted 20.2% which is not as much as it was in Bristol County which was 25.2% all right and our prices rose 8.1%. Okay. And in Bristol County, that was 5.9. Uh, it was 1.5 in Norfolk County. And it was 6% in Worcester County. So Rhode Island is... our The single-family homes in our state are accumulating equity at a rate that's greater than that in Massachusetts. All right. It's my multifamily home... Multi-family Home sales dropped, hold on to your, your britches, 37.3%. And the median price rose 11.8% to $425,000. So this is what I was saying earlier, folks. I see, you know, multifamily home sales, they're still really, really tight. And I still see the values continuing to increase because of they're being driven by rents. And we have more tenants looking for places than we have apartments available for rent. So what's gonna happen? Rents it's supply and demand. Rents are gonna go up. They're going to continue to increase. You know, I had two people that reach out reached out to me today to help them find apartments, a one bedroom and a two bedroom. And folks, there's not much out there. And everything starts at twelve hundred to fifteen hundred bucks a month yeah even one bedrooms twelve hundred bucks a month so um, I see the if I if I had a crystal ball I think my crystal ball would indicate that the median prices for multifamily homes will continue to increase and it's not just Rhode Island this is nationwide uh, and not every community nationwide but in the more densely populated areas, yes. There's just not enough multifamily housing, not enough apartments. All right. So I see those are going to continue to go up. Condominiums in Rhode Island, uh, the sales fell 32.2%. So that was um, right in the middle there between single-family and multifamily. And values rose to 344500 four five hundred. So the median price of a condominium in Rhode Island is now $344,500, which is an increase. I can't believe this. It's 27.6%. So, folks, just for a little perspective, when you buy a condominium, most condominiums in Rhode Island do not qualify for FHA, which means you can't buy it with only 3.5% down. So you have to put a bigger deposit. So it's either going to be 5, 10, 15, 20% down. The rates on a condominium, the mortgage rates are a little bit higher than they are on a single family home. And we already have been talking about how rates have increased recently. So in September, they were solidly in the 6% range compared to 3% back in January. Despite that, Prices still went up and sales declined over 32%, but values went up 27.6%. So that means for every $100,000 you had in a condominium, it went up $27,600. That's amazing. So if you bought a $200,000 condominium last year, last September... This year, it will be worth about uh, 255,200 dollars. That's unbelievable. I just I've got a house that the one I listed in Grafton. We sold it uh, to them a few years. I sold it two years ago, two and a half years ago, for a little over 600. That's almost a 900,000 dollar house right now. And there's no competition. There's very little on the market similar to this. There's just not a lot of inventory available. This house will go quickly because it's large enough for a large family. It has spaces where you can work from home. It has an in-ground pool, oversized two-car garage. And by oversized, it has lofts up above, and it's big enough so you could put like trucks in there, like a big pickup truck, and still have room for some toys, like either motorcycles or snow machines or things like that. <clears throat> okay, so the market is still, and I'm, I'm not going. I'm going to say vibrant, okay, because it's some areas are stronger than other areas. We're still accumulating equity. We don't have a lot of homes to sell, so home sales are declining, and they have been declining for over a year. You know, talking about inventory, we have in Rhode Island a 1.7-month supply of homes. That means it would only take 1.7 months to sell every house on MLS at the current rate of sales. Well below that of a healthy market. A healthy market is six months of inventory. So we're less than a third of the way to a healthy market. That's what I'm saying when I, that's what I'm referring to when I say that if a whole bunch of buyers no longer could buy homes, either they've decided not to, they um, lost their job or rates go up or a combination of the two. We have a long way to go so that the inventory gets to six months. All right. You know, the restraint in... Um, sales is causing prices to moderate moderate in many instances from the double digit growth um, but in September single family homes were still selling at over asking price at 101% of list price now I would want to take this opportunity because people say oh prices are dropping prices are not dropping when you see a price reduction on a home that's not a reduction in value. That's a reduction in the list price of the home. So in our example here where we had, um, let's see, multifamily homes and the, the price was 425000 So if I were going to list a home and I, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> were a little bit overzealous or overconfident and I listed it at four fifty. Saying to my client, well, Jeepers crow, values have gone up a lot. Let's see if we can get a little more for it because as a realtor, I work for the seller when I'm listing their home, so I'm trying to get as much value for them. And I let's say I listed it at four fifty and then oh, we didn't have people who qualified or whatever. we didn't get much action. so and then we dropped the price to four thirty five. That's not a decline in value, it's just a price reduction. It's a price reduction. The house at 435 or 425 is still 37% more than it was a year ago. So that house would have to drop a lot in order to get anywhere near what it was worth last year. So the market is not crashing I'm, you know, yes, I'm in the business. I look at the data. I'm not being overly optimistic. I track data because I need to know what's going on in the market because this is how I support myself. So I need to adjust as the market adjusts. This is how I pay my bills by selling homes. This is all I do full time and full service so that I can add value. To my client, when I'm working for a seller, when I have a listing, my job is to help them get as much value for their home as possible. That may be the most money, that also may be terms, a combination of the two. Which is why, and this is true with all listing agent. which is why if you are a buyer and you walk into an open house and you start talking to the listing agent, bear in mind, when they answer your questions... They have to answer them tru- uh, truthfully. However, they will not disclose what they don't have to disclose because they have to represent the seller, not you, the buyer. So if you ask them, and we'll take the example with uh, my $425,000 priced home, and you say, geez, you think they'll take four hundred? Well, of course they're going to say no. Absolutely not. We have a lot of interest in this house because that individual represents the seller. If you went in with a buyer's agent working with you, the buyer's agent would say, Well, you know what? They may have an offer, but maybe not because, and then whatever it is, if it's what other houses recently sold for, um, you know, we know those of us that are full time. We know what's going on in the marketplace. I have relationships with lots of realtors around the area in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Sometimes I can call them up and say, hey, what's the deal with that house? How come it hasn't sold yet? Why did it take so long before it went under agreement? That will help me represent my buyer client on another property. All right, Folks, you are listening to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on WNRI 99.9FM. 1380 a.m. and on WNRI.com. We are here every Tuesday evening. We will be back next week. I want to thank you very much for tuning in and please tune in next week and check out our sponsors, GMET's Moving and Storage, John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, and of course Vern Rainville, public insurance adjuster. Take care. We'll see you next week. And next up is Rick Murnia with Old Time Preaching Chapel, mini, Preaching Ministry. Excuse me. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: You are not right when socket